Good day, family. I'm so excited to be with you. Uh, thank you to the Cheney family and the leadership here for the opportunity to just share a word with you today. Uh, just truly, truly excited. And I think that our content, our word, what we're going to learn today, what God is going to show us is extremely timely. So go ahead and hone on in. And you may want to tell your friends to tune in because this is going to be extremely, extremely important to the direction that we take uh, moving forward. Pray with me. God, we thank you and we bless you. We honor you because you do know how to get our attention. We honor you because we know that you would not lead us astray. We honor you because you are God all by yourself. Thank you for being graceful and merciful. Thank you for always leading us. Thank you for always speaking to us. And thank you because you don't make mistakes. So God, be blessed in this moment. May our intent to open our hearts be matched with your intent to pour in. Please bless our time. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you go with me to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Uh, and it reads, In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine, and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. I would like to draw our attention to the initial verse in this text, part C, where it says, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. I had not been sad in his presence before. Here we have Nehemiah. And some of you know who Nehemiah is. He has a great biblical reputation. In our text, he has this portion of his reputation that we rarely focus on. But we know Nehemiah. He was the one that God chose to help rebuild the wall. And he was sent to go do exactly that. And he encountered some challenges, but inevitably, God allowed him and the people who went with him to complete the wall despite opposition and distraction. But this part of his story, I'm not sure we actually give its due attention. 
Here's Nehemiah, listen. And we see he worked for the king. He had not been sad in the king's presence before. Let me pause here and put a tag on this just so you can follow me. Uh, I'd like to talk to you about taking off the mask. Yeah, taking off the mask. I, that, that particular part of our text uh, really startled me. It, it, it gave me reason to pause. I had to consider because he said he had never been sad in the king's presence before. And I thought to myself, never? Ever? You mean every day you showed up to your job happy? I could pause there. We could talk about that. Because the truth is, uh, the, everybody has some hard days. Uh, I don't know about you, but if you're the kind of person that every time I talk to you, you're always happy, you never have a challenge, I'm just not sure if I'm dealing with a person who's telling the truth. This is a profound reputation to consider because in all of his time, the king only experienced him one way. Surely this was not the balance of his entire experience. Surely he had bad days. If you would just pause and type into the chat, I've had a bad day. Surely he's had tough days. I mean, if you, if you know you've had a tough day every now and then, some of us are having a tough day right now, type into the chat, I've had tough days. And truly over these past months and this experience that we're going through as a country, many of us have experienced our share of sad days. Some of our heroes and sheroes have suddenly transitioned. That's not necessarily a piece of news that triggers in us joyful realities all day and every day. I said, never? I got to look a little closer here. And so after thinking this through, I began to consider what his lived experience must be like. This is Nehemiah, got a great reputation. But before we get to know who Nehemiah is, he is living in an environment where he's going to work and his boss only knows him one way. Some of you guys might empathize with this, but before I go there, I found myself uh, reminded of the words of some great scholars, if I could just deliver them right here. Uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, he's a scholar, uh, a professor, got a master's and a doctorate degree from Harvard University, the first black doctoral graduate from Harvard. Listen to what he says as he introduces us to another version of this experience. He, he says, uh, it is a peculiar sensation, uh, this double consciousness, this sense of always looking at one's self through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world. He says, one ever feels his two-ness, two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two warring ideas in one dark body, he says. And I think that some of us can empathize with this, and I know Nehemiah can, because sometimes we've had to show up to places and we've had to act differently than how we actually feel. I know I'm not the only one that, that has had to compartmentalize the way that I relate and connect with people because I was not sure if I could show them my true self. Indeed, 
I was not giving them the fullness of myself. Maybe I had on a mask. And I thought Nehemiah might, might resonate with this double consciousness because at work he was one way. But at home, he was another way. I, I, I just want to pause here and say that God is talking directly to those people who have to be at work one way and at home, you're another way. When you go to work, you got to have it all together. You got to button up. You got to strap up. You got to really make sure that you got it all together. But the second you walk outside of that job, you let your hair down, you unbutton the top button, you get into the car, you listen to your music. And I know that somebody would pause and smile, but I dare you to raise your hand if you're the kind of person that has to turn down your music pulling up to the job because you're not sure if they're going to approve of what you're listening to. I know I'm not the only one that had to kind of bob my head a little bit less because my jam was on, but I was at work, you understand. Uh, another another a great, great writer uh, popped up in my head. His, his name is Paul Lawrence Dunbar. He is one of our renowned literary scholars. What I learned about him is that he only lived 33 years. This is profound because he has a great legacy, but he did not live long. I know somebody else who lived for 33 years, but we'll get there in a minute. Uh, But after he struggled with tuberculosis and alcoholism and depression, he he introduces us to this legacy uh, where he says, uh, the poem, we wear masks. Listen to what he says. He says, we wear the mask that grins and lies. Uh, It hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. Uh, The debt we pay to human guile with torn and bleeding hearts we smile and mouths with myriad subtleties. He, He says, we wear masks and underneath our mask, there is this authenticity that is oftentimes lost in our daily interactions. But I was tripping, right, because I discovered that he also penned a poem called Sympathy. Ooh, this is really good uh, because I almost looked at what Nehemiah's experience was. The fact that he had never been sad in front of his boss before and I felt some sympathy, indeed some empathy. I'm here to let you know that God wants to deliver us from having to show up inauthentic in the places where we invest our time. I'm just here to say that God has finally shined the light and said, take off the mask. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was fascinated because uh, Paul Lawrence Dunbar actually is connected to one of our other great poets. Her name is Maya Angelou. Well, Maya Angelou actually took the name of her first memoir, Why the Cage Bird Sings. She took that from Paul Lawrence Dunbar's poem called Sympathy, because he says, I know why the caged bird sings. This is a fascinating uh, place, but let me draw it back because I wonder if Nehemiah registered that he was too wearing a mask. If we were in person, I would, I would pause and ask for a confession. How many of us feel like we have to wear masks every day? How many of us go into situations where we wish that we could be our full selves, but we cannot? How many of our bosses, when they see little glimpses of personality or see little shifts in tone, say things to us like, I've never seen you like that before? 
How many of us have to hide our social media profiles because we are fearful of the way that people will respond if they see the fullness of who we are? And so we post pictures. Come on, be honest with me now. Uh, We post pictures that smile all the time. We can't even take a picture without making sure that our lineup is straight. We can't even take a picture without making sure that our collars are nice. We can't even put ourselves out there without lining eyebrows and putting on all kinds of mascara and lip cover and, and face cover just to be sure that when you see us, you see the mask. Because we're not sure if you can tolerate the real us. And I'm here to say that when God looks at us, uh, I'm glad to celebrate the fact that when God sees us, God sees what God created. And indeed, our, our makeup does not hide us from the vision of God. Indeed, our clothes do not hide us from the vision of God. Indeed, the way that we twist our bodies or shine light on our bodies or angle our pictures does not hide us from God. And in the midst of all of that exposure, God still loves us. Oh, yes, it's good news. It's good news. And so that means that you don't have to wear a mask. If I could just take it symbolically, because the truth is, Nehemiah was in the presence of the king. Isn't it wonderful that we can't perpetrate in front of the king too long? For the king says, now, I see you. Uh, let me go further, though. Uh, uh, he, in, in my opinion, uh, it took a lot of effort for Nehemiah to not be seen as sad ever. It took a lot of effort. It had to. Why? Do you know what his job was? Come on, come with me. He was a cupbearer. Let me tell you what a cupbearer did. I get fascinated by this because I'm just not sure that I could work Nehemiah's job and be joyful all the time. But Nehemiah, his job was to bring the wine to the king. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Now, I know some of us like to taste wine. We've been wine tasting, and this is what we do on our off time. You know, we got subscriptions to to wine uh, makers, and we've got these places that we like to drive out to where there are no buildings. It's just land and, and, you know, wires that have little aging grapes on them. You know, our wine connoisseurs, we can can empathize with, with, with what a blessing it is for somebody to bring you good wine. Yeah, but, but, but Nehemiah here, uh, he, his job was to taste the wine to make sure that there was no poison in the wine. Yeah, just think about that for a second. He was never seen as sad, but every day he had to risk his life because if there was poison in the wine, guess who tasted it first? It was Nehemiah. I just don't understand how you show up to a job where you risk your life every day and you always happy. His job was, hmm, let me see if I'm going to die today. Hmm, let me see how this wine tastes today. Hmm, I hope that don't nobody have gripe with the king today. Ha, 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 I'm happy to be here. No, sir. He must have been wearing a mask. He must have had to put on a face. He must have had to turn on a switch to accomplish this task. And I pull people in because if you understand the significance of wine in the Bible, you'll understand that it is a metaphor for joy or festivity or blessings. And so what that meant was that all of the goodness that came to the king had to come through Nehemiah, which means that he may have had to forsake some of his own attention to the things that he needed. How many of us are in a place of oppression today because we have to be concerned about everybody else's joy? 
Mm -hmm. We got to make everybody else happy. We got to take all the risks so that they don't have to. Just not sure if this particular assignment is one where I would come in and always be joyful. I think Nehemiah was struggling because he had to wear a mask. Never? That's what I thought to myself. But God sent me to tell you if you can empathize with Nehemiah, if you understand what W.E.B. Du Bois was saying, if you connect with Paul Lawrence Dunbar and his reference to a mask today, this month, at this moment, God is saying, take the mask off. God is saying, I need my people to be more authentic. I need them to be more certain. Can I pause here? Because some of us wear a mask outside of work too. Some of us are masking up in our own homes. Now, this is quite appropriate considering some of the pandemic issues that we are facing. So I carefully say this. I carefully say take the mask off, but I'm not talking about the tangible mask that keeps us safe. Let me be sure to deposit that. But I'm talking about the spiritual mask. I'm talking about the intangible mask. I'm talking about the emotional mask. I'm talking about the, the thought mask, the, the thing that causes us to have to fake the entire day. But let me go in a little deeper because we live in houses where people sometimes force us to wear masks. We, we, we got to be mommy and daddy all the time. And so we don't really get to have a place to let our hair down. I wish I could get a witness in the chat. We got to be husband and wife, a partner all the time. And let's just say that you happen to be connected to someone who has greater need than you. So then the mask becomes your normal. Can I help you here? Can I help you here? Uh, the challenge with wearing a mask is sometimes you actually begin to believe what you're wearing. And you then never are able to identify with the beauty that's underneath the mask. I want to challenge you because if you look in the mirror enough with a mask on, you forget how you really look. And so that when it is time to be your most authentic self, you have lost the ability to stand up, to be able to acknowledge that God created something underneath that mask that deserves to be seen. Maybe you might be wondering how we got here. I'm glad because in the text we see now that it was only after Nehemiah showed sadness that God showed us what Nehemiah really had on his heart. I'm still here for this. It's only when we see that he revealed something authentic about himself that the king poses the question, how could you be sad when your body isn't ill? He, he says, you are not your normal self. What's wrong? And in that moment, the authentic presentation of himself gave access to a new assignment. Yes, sir. Take off the mask because some of us, the reason why we haven't been able to capitalize on God's assignment for our lives is because we still wear a mask. People can't even help guide us to the places where God has called us to be because we don't want to show up authentically. 
Maybe it is appropriate not to smile this time because you are disturbed. Listen to how the king describes it. He says, listen, this can be nothing. I'm in verse 2. He says, this can be nothing but sadness of heart. Woo! Yes, sir. Listen to me. Um, some of us, the reason why it's so difficult to wear the mask is not because our bodies are hurting, but because our hearts are heavy. Come on in here. Uh, our hearts are troubled. It's the most difficult mask to wear is not the physical mask. It is the heart mask. How do I disguise what's happening at the heart level? The Bible says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes we are at civil war with our own hearts trying to keep people from seeing what's underneath the mask. Well, I'm here to say God wants to set you free on today. God wants to cause your heart to feel lighter uh, because where there is sadness of heart and that sadness of heart is revealed, our text shows us that once that sadness of heart is revealed, the king comes in and starts speaking. Yes, sir. And some of us are long overdue. Yes, ma'am. Some of us are long overdue for a word from the king. King sometimes allow us to walk around with these masks on until we're ready to show our authentic selves. And finally, the voice of the king enters into the story in a way that's really prominent. The truth is, uh, we're taking off the masks because our hearts are sad. Can I pause for a second? Isn't there enough happening around us for our hearts to be sad? Can you really exist in this environment and your heart not be impacted? I got a question. Are some of us so selfish that nothing disturbs us at the heart level? Are some of us so narcissistic? Are we so into our own areas? Have we convinced ourselves that we are so important that nothing impacts us at the heart level? There are some things that should impact us. You know, when I read the, the statistics of the pandemic, that hits me at the heart level. Ladies and gentlemen, when I when I think about the number of kids that are going hungry every single day, not just kids, but families, not just families, but communities that are going hungry every single day, and I got plenty in my fridge, it's hard for me to reach in without thinking, who else needs to eat? It's a heart issue. When I think about the amount of people of color that are stacked up in prisons, we don't know their names, we don't know their conditions, we don't know their mental state, we don't know why they're in there, that's a heart issue. Come on, can I be honest? I wish you would just list them out in the chat for me because there's some stuff that needs to be brought to the surface and it's on your heart, but it can't come out because you wear the mask. Now, here is the deal, because when we take out our mask, when we take off our mask, when Nehemiah finally reveals us on his heart, God offers assignment to the story. Is it possible? Is it possible? that the thing that captures your heart the most is part of your assignment. <laughs> 
I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. Is it possible that one of the strategies of the, the resistance in your life is to cause you to be so satisfied on the job that you can't get to your purpose? Is it possible that we have sold our purpose in exchange for a high-paying job? You know, Nehemiah had no reason to pay attention to what was going on in his heart. Listen to him. He was like the most important person, second to the king. Who wants to leave that situation? Who wants to deal with anything internal? I mean, I get to chill with the king every day. What you going to say to me? I, got, I get protected by his guards. I get to eat his food. I'm going to have to risk my life every now and then. But it's still good. You see how we settle? Uh, you know, I, all I got to do is, is, is test poisonous wine every day, you know. But, but, but at least we get paid well. At least my family's taken care of. At least I'm in a high position. At least I can get to be on TV every now and then. At least I get to be this. At least I get to be that. Stop it. Because the mask will ultimately keep you from going to where God is trying to send you. And so I'm, I'm coming to a close, but I want to suggest that as soon as the king and as soon as Nehemiah had the confidence to say, you know what, today is not a good day. Something is on my heart. Then we begin to see purpose take shape in his life. And some of you guys have been wondering what your purpose is. And it's in the place where you refuse to show people. It's in the part of your story that you refuse to talk about. It's in the part where you have to cover up so that nobody knows. I know I'm talking to somebody. And the world is waiting for people who are courageous enough and godly enough to reveal who they really are. Where is your mask? I hope it's on the flow now. It's got to take it off because we got to see what it is. I know I got plenty of them that I continue to take off every day. And the more I take off the mask, the more the king begins to tell me, he, he begins to give me this one, one question. Now, I understand that the king in this story is not God, but just travel with me down the symbolism of the fact that Nehemiah was in the presence of the king on a regular basis, talking to all of my holy people who are like, I spend all day in the presence of God. That's me, blessed and highly favored. This is what I do. You know me. I'm, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm Jesus all the way. I'm a Jesus freak. This is what I do. And he was in the presence of the king and still had on a mask. Mm -hmm. In the presence of the king, still had on a mask. What sense does it make to be so well connected to the king and have to hide yourself. Who told you that God, if we are making God the king in our lives, who told you that you had to put on a mask there? Who told you that God could not stomach what God was seeing in your life? Who told you that? You know what it came from? It came from some of the relationships you have down here because mama disappointed you. She rejected you. So now God couldn't possibly want to put up with you because your mama didn't want to put up with you or dad didn't want to get to know you and dad disrespected you. So now that has scarred your heart. So you feel like showing up most authentic, authentically is a risk for you. It's because the last person that you were dating saw you in your eating space and criticized you and couldn't appreciate it and abused it or didn't treat it right. So now when it's time to show up naked before God, you don't want to do that because you're afraid of how God is going to respond. And God says that my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts higher than your thoughts, right? We are reminded in the New Testament that nothing can separate us Right? We're reminded that uh, uh, in Psalms that, that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. I'm just saying, take off the mask. So once Nehemiah did it, his vocation was disrupted. 
the revelation, the removal of the mask, caused him to say, can I have a break? I need to go away. I got some business that I need to take care of, and it's deeply connected. Look at what happens when we don't take off the masks. In our text, we're seeing that Nehemiah's heart was sad because the place where his ancestors were buried lay in ruins. That means it has no walls. That means it's not safe. That means the people are not good there. And he said the gates have been burned by fire, which means that anybody can come and go as they want. His past generation and the future of the generations that he is birthed out of is at risk. What happens when he doesn't take off the mask? Generations die. Do you see the implications? What happens if he stays as the cupbearer and never goes to rebuild the wall? We never hear his story. All we know is that there was a cupbearer. You think that we would have written about Nehemiah, captured his story, had he not made the audacious step to say, I got to go and rebuild these walls? I know I'm good. I know I'm kind of really close to the top, but I got business. It's heart business. It's purpose business. It's design business, meaning it's the way that he was built business. I just want to give you an opportunity today to take off the mask. Be honest. Be open. Let me just take it one dimension at a time, then I'm done. If you're working at a place and you can't be your most authentic self, purpose might be on the line. If you're in a deeply committed relationship and you don't feel like you can be yourself because you got to wear a mask. These are some things that I know a lot of us deal with. I know me personally, being in a marriage where we had to spend time taking off masks. And there's a bunch of masks I didn't even know existed. Um, purpose might be on the line. I, I, I must pause and say, it's fascinating that the more masks come off in my marriage, the more purpose is revealed. Some of you guys might be watching with your significant other right now, and y'all wearing masks. It's fascinating. Uh, we understand this because how embarrassed would you be if you're on a virtual call and you only half dress? Uh-huh. And you decide that you want to show them what the bottom half looks like. I, 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 I'm sure that that might reveal to them that you like playing basketball more than you like dressing up in suits. That might reveal to them that you like fitness more than you like fashion. That might reveal to them that you wasn't even trying to be in the beating in the first place. <laughs> I'm just talking about taking off the mask. This is your opportunity. I think this is a commitment that we can make right here and right now. And my goal is to show up more authentically. Now, the real thanksgiving in the message is that God would allow you to get to where you are even though you've been wearing masks. That God would see your life 
as significant enough and valuable enough to give you life, even though you don't want to show up fully, to bless you with new days, new opportunities. So to the person who was feeling some conviction, feeling like I should have shown up, forgive yourself. This is not the moment to beat up on yourself. Just simply take off the mask. My prayer is that the weight would drop. Now, as I come to a close, some of us have been coming to this particular church with masks on. We don't want anybody to know who we are. We disguise ourselves. We alias. We hood up. We're thankful for the pandemic because now we can just come as disguised as we've always tried to be. But there is a ministry waiting on you. There are people who need to be blessed by your story. There is something in your heart that God wants to use to save an entire city, to project positivity for an entire generation where people will look back and say, I'm thankful that you told us what was on your heart. This is your moment. And for those who are looking at what could be a potentially disruptive decision, meaning you know that you have settled for a good paying opportunity in exchange for what you were designed to do. You have settled for being close to influential people instead of taking on the assignment that you inherited. Talking to you. You may need some prayer. You may need to join this ministry. You may need some support. But we got to get you out of that mask. And Nehemiah couldn't start building until he took off the mask. Uh-huh. That's true. Once he took it off, he prayerfully proceeded. And we now have a story of the walls being rebuilt. Because Nehemiah finally connected with what was in his heart. It's my prayer for you. This message has touched you in any way. Need some prayer? Click the button. You may be looking for a church home where you can take the mask off. You just found it. And I can say on behalf of all of the people who are connected to our team, that when we see you with the mask off, we'll love you. We'll embrace you. Find a way to help you pursue what God has called you and designed you to do in this particular season of your life. And even if we discover scars and failure and bruises and blood and nails, all the other things that have challenged your life, we will also commit to loving you as well. There is no scar and no burden that's going to push us beyond the requirement for us to love, love, and love. If any of those things pique your interest, we've got people waiting to receive your inquiry. This is real easy. Just click the button and we'll be available. Let me pray and then we'll get out of here. God, thank you so much for showing us where the masks are. Thank you because you allowed us to see Nehemiah having to show up one way for a good portion of his story. And then finally it's discovered that what was in his heart has transformational potential. Thank you, God, because you do speak to us at the heart level. 
I thank you, God, because you have designed us to respond to you at the heart level. I thank you, God, because you always have a secret door, a back door, a way to trigger us, a way to get in touch with us, a way to pull us, a way to restore us, a way to capture us, a way to to stimulate creativity, a way to introduce risk and adventure into our faith walk. Thank you that this does not have to be a boring life because in the moment you can show us what mask we've been wearing and dare us to take it off. I thank you because when people take masks off, they'll be healed. I thank you because when they take masks off, they'll reveal purpose. I thank you because when they take masks off, their hearts will be put back together. There is no brokenness that you don't have intentions of repairing when we take the mask off. And I thank you for the fresh bread of life that shows us the way to go. We love you and we bless you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.